This is the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And a very good Saturday morning to you and yours. It is Dave Rothenberg with you on the Hockey Show, 98.7 ESPN. The next hour is dedicated to that hockey. And we will discuss the locals. Of course, the Rangers continue to play an excellent brand of hockey. Islanders and Devils as well. We'll look ahead to next week. We are actually down to the final, you know, 15 or less games for all these teams so we can see the the finish line of the NHL season. And of course, the hockey show brought to you by the All-American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge and Point Pleasant and Slomans just call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Well, the Rangers have had quite the week and we start way back, way, way back last Sunday in what turned into a I guess you could say a dicey game. It, it didn't appear. Yes, way back six days last Sunday in what turned into a dicey game against the Sabres. Now, if you recall, uh, the Rangers did find a way to win this game in overtime, but the goaltender, uh, Alexander Georgiev, was not great by any stretch in this game. Rangers jumped on Buffalo at the Garden last Sunday. At four minutes of the first period, Frank Vitrano, with his 13th, continues to score for the Rangers. Uh, Kreider on the assist, the only assist, made it one nothing Rangers. And then 18 seconds later, Vitrano skating uh, in neutral ice, picks off a pass, goes all the way in, and scores on the unassisted variety, made it 2 to nothing Rangers. And at that point, the dreaded 2 nothing lead, and at 18-12 of the uh, first period, Buffalo cut the lead in half. So we go into uh, the first intermission. Rangers had a 2-1 lead at home, and of course, the fans expecting two points in this game against Buffalo. Well, at 2.06 of the second period with the Rangers hanging on to a 2-1 lead, Will Butcher scores, tying the game at 2. So all of a sudden, all this goodwill they had built up and all this equity in a 2-0 lead is now gone. And at 6.48 of the second period, not only was the lead gone, they weren't even tied anymore. Kyle Oposo with the goal giving the Sabres a 3-2 lead. But at 11.46, just about five minutes later... Uh, a man who's really been excellent for the Rangers of late, uh, Alexei Lafreniere, scores his 15th of the season. Hedl and Brodzinski on the assist, and the Rangers tie the game at 3-3. Then we head to the third period, and Artemi Panarin with a goal at 3:52. That made it 4-3 Rangers, his 17th of the season. Truba and Kopp with the assist, and the Rangers hoping to hang on to that 4-3 lead to the finish of the game. They cannot. At 13:07, Jeff Skinner on the power play with the goal, and it's 4-4. We end regulation, and it's 4-4. And Keandre Miller he ended that pretty quickly in overtime at 2:02, his fifth of the season, actually sixth of the season. Lafreniere and Cop with the assist, and the Rangers. You know, you can wipe your brow because they get out of Dodge with a 5-4 overtime victory. It wouldn't be the last time we see a game like that this week for the Rangers. So, if you remember last time out against Pittsburgh, the the prior Friday, the Rangers. 
they had their way. They led 3 nothing early on and coasted to a nice, easy victory. So then the Rangers, Sunday, get the win at home against the Sabres. And then you realize to yourself, you know, a Tuesday, this is a bear of a game. It, it's, a, it's a huge game. Pittsburgh's been playing terrific hockey. Rangers just beat them at the guard. Now they change venues. You didn't love those chances. But the Rangers have been very resilient all year long. Let's run through how the game on Tuesday against Pittsburgh took place. So early on, Rangers had the better of the play, but oftentimes we see this at 14:24 of period number one. Brian Boyle, the former Rangers, scores, making it one nothing uh, for Pittsburgh. So at the end of one, Rangers clearly had the better of the play, but it didn't matter. Penguins take a one nothing lead, but it didn't last all that long because about midway through period number two, that guy again, the guy they acquired right before the trade deadline, Frank Vetrano scores again his third goal in just two games, his 15th of the season, tying the game at 1-1. And before the period was done at 17:04, Braden Schneider with a goal, his second of the year, Panarin with his 59th assist, Cop with his uh, helper as well. Rangers take a 2-1 lead into period number three. And early on in period number three, Chris Kreider, how else but on the power play, scores his 45th of the season. Fox and Panarin with the assist. Rangers take a 3-1 lead. And you think maybe they'll coast? Well, they would not because they rarely, if ever, do. Sidney Crosby on the power play is 25th of the season, and it's now 3-2. Uh, Malkin and Latang with the assist there. So the Rangers have about half a period to get through, and they have a 3-2 lead. And something really bizarre happened late stages of the game. Pittsburgh pulls the goalie, and the Rangers had, they must have had five, six, seven chances to actually put the puck in an empty net. Uh-oh. Goodrow hit the post. Yeah, big time. Uh-oh. Goodrow hits the post. They could not score. Pittsburgh comes back. They have opportunities. They can't score either. Rangers win it 3-2. Big two points they get, and they hold Pittsburgh from getting any points in this game. Huge win for the Blue Shirts. Here is Gerard Gallant right after the game. What was the message at the first intermission? It was played the same way because we hit two posts. We had some great chances in the period and uh, don't change a thing because I love the way we played in that first period. And again, you know, they got a deflection goal to the five hole and those plays happen, but uh, I like the way we played. I really did. I don't know how you couldn't. The Rangers were the busier team. The Rangers had more shots on goal. The Rangers had more legitimate scoring chances. So I think most people at the end of one were disappointed the Rangers trailed in this huge game, but pleased with the way that they played. Of course, the Rangers get the win. They jump past Pittsburgh in the standings. Here's the head coach on passing Pittsburgh in the division. Yeah, no, it's like I said, before the game, you look at the standings, you know, you're one point behind them and you got a game in hand and, you know, it's a big game coming in here. I mean, so we were, you know, let's let's go play a good hockey game again tonight. And, you know, just because we beat them in our building pretty good that well, three or four days ago, whatever it was, we knew we were going to get challenged tonight and uh, we played real good hockey again tonight. So proud of our proud of our group. They played great. That's two consecutive games against Pittsburgh. The Rangers are playing excellent, excellent hockey, and the goaltending was really good yet again. So I mentioned the Rangers had a 2-1 lead early third period, and Kreider scored that power play goal. It was his 45th um, of the season, and he inches closer to that magical 50-goal mark. How big was that goal from Chris Kreider? Yeah, it's a big power play goal. I mean, that's what Kreider does. Shot from the point, missed the net, and he's right there for the garbage. And, you know, he scored a lot of goals in the blue paint, and he's doing a great job. 
You know, it's funny. A lot of people say that was just a, a missed shot and Kreider jumped on the rebound off the uh, off the boards. But my understanding is that that was an intentionally missed shot. And that's actually a play that they run. And Kreider goes to that spot and he bangs it in. So regardless of intentional or unintentional, it's a goal. 3-1 winds up as the game winner in that game. Here is Chris Kreider, the man of the hour, was flipping the standings in the back of your mind in this game against Pittsburgh. I mean, that, that specifically, not in the back of our mind. Um, we know that's a that's a team that's in the playoff hunt right there with us. So, um, like Shine said, it was an intense game, uh, but all the games are at this time of the year. Doesn't matter what team uh, where, where a team is in the standings, really. So, um, yeah, the, the, the level of play and the intensity just gets ramped up. It seems every single game as we get closer to the end here. So Rangers get the win in Pittsburgh, and of course, they continue to play excellent, excellent hockey. Now, this has to be something that's somewhat of a concern. They win on Sunday against Buffalo. They win on Tuesday in a huge rivalry game, big game against Pittsburgh. Now they have to get on the plane, fly from from Pittsburgh to Detroit, and take on a team that's admittedly not all that good, but it's it's a lot of travel, all right? It's a quick turnaround. You have the concern of an emotional letdown, and you don't have Shesterkin in net. So Rangers taking on Detroit Wednesday and Georgiev was, let, let's be frank, uh, he was not very good in this one. But Kreider on the power play at the appropriate time. Panarin overtime. Rangers again find their way. And that's what they do really, really well. Find their way to a victory. How did this one break down? Let's run through it and then we'll hear from the particulars in just a moment. Early on, First period, Ryan Reeves with his third of the season, the unassisted variety, and it's one nothing Rangers at 9.59. I mean, to be frank with you, one of the worst goals that I've seen given up this season by the Rangers. Red Wings tie it at one midway through period number one. Georgiev, it wasn't screened, shot, he saw it, he deflected it up and somehow kind of batted it into his own net, and now we're tied at one later on in that in that first period, Red Wings score yet again, giving them a 2-1 lead. But it didn't take long for Philip Hedl, uh to respond. His seventh of the season, Nemeth and Schneider with the assist. And at the end of one period of play, you realize the Rangers were going to have to score goals. and they, they were doing that early stages. And the game now tied at 2-2. Two and two. It didn't take long for Detroit to score yet again on the power play this time. Tyler Bertuzzi with the goal, making it 3-2 Detroit. But about 12 minutes later, Artemi Panarin, who has been nothing shy of sensational, scores with a helper from Vetrano and Zabinijad, and now we're tied at 3-3. So heading into the third period, 3-3. At 5.56, the Red Wings score... Yet again, giving them a 4-3 lead. And you start to, at least I did, make the excuses in your head. Well, you know what? They beat Pittsburgh. Those were the really important two points, and they're not going to get out of here with anything. But it's not a game that really matters all that much, although you'd like to get at least something. You start to kind of play mind games with yourself. And Chris Kreider, as the Rangers are on the power play at 16-22, says, hang on a minute. I don't know that we're not going to get at least a point here. Kreider scores yet again his 46th of the season. Like I mentioned, on the power play again, uh, no shock as to who had the assist. Panarin and Fox, and now we're tied at 4-4. And like Sunday against the Sabres, we go into overtime 4-4. 
And here at 134 of the overtime is what it sounded like. Miller on the ice. Cop, Panarin, far circle. Panarin, he's got Cop, gets it to Cop, shoots and scores! Andrew Cop in overtime and the Rangers win 5-4. So there you have it. Cop with the goal makes it 5-4 and that's your final and the Rangers win for the fourth consecutive game and all of a sudden just continuing to play Excellent, excellent hockey. Wasn't their best performance, but you go on the road after a win against Pittsburgh and wind up with another victory on the road in Detroit. Good job by this team. Here is the head coach, Gerard Gallant, on the win from his club. Well, I don't know. It wasn't pretty, but uh, one of those games tonight was a different type of game than, than last night, obviously. But bottom line, get two big points and we move on. It really wasn't pretty whatsoever. These are the games. Now, again, good teams find ways to win. Great teams find ways to make it easy. It was not easy. It did not need to be Rangers with a 5-4 victory. More from the head coach here is Gerard Gallant on his team's continuous ability to come back in big moments. Got to find the way. Like I said, I knew we weren't going to quit. We just weren't as good as the Christmas we were last night. And again, it's back to back. And we found a way to find some energy and then get a big goal at the end of the power play. So, like I said, it wasn't great being behind the bench tonight and trying to, because you know, you're just trying to push your guys. But we found some energy at the end and we stayed close enough in the game. I mean, it was 2 2, it was 3 3. They go up 4 3. We get a big power play goal at the end. It wasn't perfect, but we found the way. The word that kind of comes to mind when you think about this Rangers team right now is just how resilient they are. And they are because they find ways to dig deep and get it done. And that's the sign of a, of a really, really good team. Now, lost in, in some of the conversation because Kreider is just having a sensational season and Zabinijad as well and Fox and Shesterkin. But Artemi Panarin, he now has 80 plus points and he continues to play such elite Hockey. And remember the conversation, is this going to be a bad deal? Year three, four, five, the Rangers signing Panarin. Doesn't seem at all like that's the case. Here is the Rangers' big-time point man um, on the coach putting him with Zabinijad and Vitrano on the same line. That's a good move sometimes and if we can find a game in our lines. So, I don't know, I'm not a coach, uh, but I like it. You will be one soon. I hope not. I think we all hope not that Artemi Panarin is around for a long, long, long time. But the Rangers continue to play their excellent brand of hockey. And and here we are now. I mean, we are closing in on the postseason. So that's where we are with the Rangers. We'll take a quick break, come back, get into the Islanders. If you love the Devils, that's going to be segment three of the show today. And of course, I think everybody has just kind of fallen in love with this day in hockey history. We'll do that in the fourth segment and look ahead to what this week has to offer for the Rangers, the Devils, and the Islanders as well. So sit back, get your coffee, your bagel. We'll spend the hour together. It is the Hockey Show right here. Where else would you possibly be than 98.7 ESPN? Andy from Merrick presents today's Defensive Analytics, sponsored by Slomans, the leader in home defense. Sometimes the game of hockey is as simple as score more goals than you allow. This year, the Rangers have scored more than 30 goals than they have allowed. The Islanders are right about league average in this category, which explains their league average record. And the Devils, at a minus 35, had a lot of work to do to improve the next season. Now 
back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All-American Auto Group. The number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And yes, it is the Saturday morning hockey show with you on 98.7 ESPN. Joe Wiz coming your way in just a, a little bit. Give you all the, I mean, this is a big Final Four, right? This is huge. Duke and Carolina, so he'll give you the expert wagering opinions. And then you have Villanova and Kansas in the little appetizer. And I do have a little bit of news to bring to you, though. My 11-year-old has a huge lacrosse tournament this weekend. So I'm going to be going there right after the hockey show this morning and Anita. But that's good news. I mean, you got Anita from 9 to 1230 here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's turn our attention to the Islanders. Now, Islanders with that. You talk about a busy week since we have last chatted here on the hockey show. The Islanders, they didn't play once. They didn't play twice. They didn't play thrice. The Islanders played four games since last Saturday. Let's start Last Saturday, they took on the Boston Bruins, and things started out very, very poorly for the Islanders. At 4.03 of the first, Craig Smith with the goal, making it one nothing. Then very late stages of that first period, Taylor Hall on the power play, and now it's 2 nothing Boston. But about 22 seconds later, for the 30th time this season, Brock Nelson with the goal makes it 2-1. Chara and Lee with the assist, and the Islanders have cut the lead in half. So, first intermission, guys, you scored the late goal, carry that through to the second period. No, no, and no, that does not happen. Because at 2-13, David Pasternak scores, making it 3-1. Then Brad Marchand makes it 4-1. Anders Lee with the power play goal, making it 4-2. But then it was 5-2, 6-2. Zach Parisi with the late goal on the power play, making it 6-3. But last Saturday, Islanders really kind of got run out of the uh, building against uh, Boston and lose that one by the final of 6-3. Well, no rest for the weary because on Sunday uh, at UBS... It was the lightning. So that's just as brutal as brutal can possibly be. Islanders had to uh, play Boston, get hammered by the Bruins, and then they take on, you got it, the Tampa Bay Lightning. But it started out well for the Islanders early on in this one. Brock Nelson with another goal, his 31st of the season. Pellick with the helper, one nothing Islanders. If you just got there then or moments after that happened, you were not going to see a lot of good uh, hockey from your beloved Islanders because Victor Hedman at 110 of the second tied the game at 1-1. Then midway through the second, Alex Kalorn with his 20th of the season. Now it's 2-1. Ross Colton in the third makes it 3-1. And then you have one late one from the Lightning makes it 4-1. And there, in fact, is your final score. Islanders on Saturday, last Saturday, lose to the Bruins 6-3. And then on Sunday, uh, they lose by the score of 4-1. to one. So a little frustration, I'm sure, with the Islanders fans. But you had back-to-back coming up against Columbus. And here we go. On the road on Tuesday, their third of the four games. Islanders fall behind one nothing at seven-plus minutes of the game. But 
about four and a half minutes later, Brock Nelson again on the power play. Nelson scoring a ton lately, his 32nd of the season. Uh, Anders Lee and Barzell with the assist, and it's 1-1. Still on the first at 15.09, Josh Bailey with his eighth of the year, making it 2-1 for the Isles. We go to intermission. We pop out of the intermission, and long before the second period is much underway at 3.47, in fact, Anthony Bavillier with the goal, his 11th of the year. Nelson and Lee with the assist, now 3-1. And you think, you know, if we get one more, we're going to really just, you know, finish this game off very smoothly. Well, they did, but they didn't. Islanders make it 4-1. Zach Parisi with the goal, his 11th. Uh, Dobson and Barzell with the assist, 4-1. And you got to think to yourself, we're going to coast home here. They didn't really didn't do that, though. Uh, at 13-32 of the second period, uh, you got a goal from the Blue Jackets and then another one at 4.30 of the third. That being said, Islanders hang on. They get the victory and win this one by the score of 4-3. to three. Same opponent, different venue as the Blue Jackets take a visit to UBS on Thursday night of this week. Islanders jump out again. Sebastian Ajo with the goal. His first of the season, Brock Nelson with the assist. That's at 839. 11 seconds later, Oliver Wallstrom with his 13th. Parisi and Barzell with the assist. 2-0 end of the first period. If you ever have this feeling like any 2-0 lead is ever safe, stop having that feeling because by the end of the second period it was now 2-2 Blue Jackets light the lamp twice and we are sitting here 2-2 end of two but in the third all Islanders Kyle Palmieri with the goal at 316 that makes it 3-2 at 9.52 unassisted Matthew Barzell his 13th which let's be fair is a little bit disappointing this year not the the goal tally that you would expect from him 4-2 for the Islanders and Ryan Pollock with the empty netter at 19.03, also unassisted, and that makes it 5-2. So of the four games, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Islanders go 2-2. Two and two. Now, remember in that game on Thursday uh, against Columbus, you had this thought of, we're, we're looking good, we're up 2 nothing. Then at the end of the second period, it's now 2-2. Two, two. Here is the head coach of the Islanders, Barry Trotz, on the team's response after giving up that two-goal lead against the Blue Jackets. Yeah, I did. This is what happened sometimes. I thought we came out really, really well, and we were throwing the puck around. Obviously, we got a, a two-goal lead, and we had some chances to get you know three and four. They, their goaltender, was, I thought, was very strong. And in the second period, you know, obviously, they were going to have a little bit of a push, but I thought, when you're feeling the puck like that sometimes, you think, well, you got more time, you can hang on to it, and there's a lot of activity, and nothing's really happening. You have the puck, but you're not delivering it to the net. You're playing keep-away, and and really what happens, then all of a sudden you lose the puck and they go down and, you know, they, they, they capitalize on a, on a mistake and then they came right back and all of a sudden you're in a game. It's 2-2 and you're, they have the momentum and they're feeling good. And I thought our response in the third was was good. It was mature because we, right off the bat, we you know we got back to sort of straight line hockey, put the puck in play, make plays off of, uh, you know, some shots and traffic and made good decisions at the red line and the blue line. And, you know, all of a sudden we were able to, you know, You'd get a goal from Palms and Barzy, you know, that was a huge goal for for us as well, just to give us a little breathing room. And then I thought we just managed it pretty well after that. Yeah, Palms with the big goal, Barzy with the big goal, and and all the nicknames that the Islanders supply uh, night in and night out, playing well um, late stages of the season. Now, here's the issue. The Islanders had a rough start to the season. We know it. They had this long, extended road trip. 
And then the Islanders got hit with COVID. So they really have had things work against them. But the one thing I will say, and they're not going to get to the playoffs, and I think even the most ardent of Islanders fans now will admit that this team is not going uh, to the postseason. But the thing that I will say about them is they're a resilient bunch. And even though they could easily pack this thing up and be done and go home, they don't do that. And you have to, ha- to at least tip your cap to the Islanders for continuing to play serious, hard, focused hockey. Here is Barry Trotz on his team, focusing on little victories, but despite what we've discussed here, having a very difficult season. Yeah, let's just you know worry about uh, you know sort of win the day, but also you know they, there's a there's a group of, of, of men who want to just play you know good hockey. We know that it, you know the the start has put us in a tremendous hole, and so we just want to play well and uh, find out the you know everybody's contributing, which may leads to more success so there's no quit in the group there there hasn't been all year there's been at times maybe some frustration or whatever but there's never been any quit where they you know they throw up their hands and just you know walk away there's none of that at all to see that from barry trotz led hockey team he's just too experienced and he's been through these battles before and they they fight for him that's the one thing you can say consistently is they do in fact fight for him now uh, as i'm running through the box scores moments ago the names that continue to come up barzell wallstrom Parisi, just continuously over and over and over. Here is Barry Trotz on those three guys comprising a line right now. Yeah, you know, it all depends. You know, today I thought they they were their line was pretty good. Obviously, they got a couple goals, but they were dangerous. You know, we'll see against certain teams. You have lots of, you know, you'll get some room and you're in, and maybe you you feel it one night and next night it's a little tighter, or or you're playing a team that's you know a little firmer with you or whatever you want to call it. Can they play against all the teams, or is it you know when you have a little more time and space? That's what you really want to. Or a tight game, can they do that? And there's signs. There's signs of it definitely but it's the sample size not very big right now well we'll see if this is a a trio that continues to comprise that line for the islanders down the stretch and and maybe that's something that they they you know experiment with the rest of the season and see what it uh it materializes into and and maybe they use that next season as well uh matt barzell of course injury this year and, and he's had a subpar if you asked matt barzell if he had a subpar season he would say absolutely well barry trotz was asked as uh Barzell needed to get back up to speed since uh, returning to the lineup. He's been fine. Yeah. I, I think, you know, he missed some time there with, uh, and we've, you know, sort of settled on some lines. I think he's come back and he's saw that, you know, the the lines that we created were working for us. So he's been a, a real good pro. He's come in and, and you know, says, you know, okay, hey, let, let's go with Wally and, and Zach. And they're learning each other. They're, they're starting to have some production. So I think he's seeing those those benefits of all those different things. So, yeah, you know, I think he's been he's been fine. All right, there you have it. Head coach, please, with uh, I think he needs to be the best player for this team to ultimately achieve what they want, and that is uh, Matt Barzell. He's, he's one of the few guys on the Islanders that is a, a creator uh, during the game. Now, I went through those box scores moments ago, and I think one of the keys was a, a goal from Sebastian Ajo, right? Guy returning into the Islanders lineup, lighting the lamp the other night. Here is Barry Trotz on Ajo scoring in his return to the big club. Uh, I just uh, he's a obviously he's got uh, some talent and he's got that uh, lots of pop and uh, the offensive part of his game and I thought he managed it quite well. He didn't try to you know one of the discussions we had, we've had with the coaching staff is is that you know you don't have to impress me with points, impress me with your decisions and your execution and your detail and that other stuff will come. You know the offensive part will, will come. Don't try to force it because this league is is uh, unforgiving when you try to force things 
they can shut you down pretty quick and they can counter pretty quick. So you have to make good decisions and you have to just let play the game that's presented. And sometimes young guys try to force something that's not there and therefore it, it goes in the, uh, the opposite way for them. And I thought Seabass, just like all good young defensemen, they learn from different mistakes or different situations and how they bounce back is really important. I thought he bounced back really well. And, and I think the Islanders must lead the, the NHL in, in nicknames. Seabass back to the Islanders lineup and scoring his first goal of the season. So there you have it. That's a look at the Islanders. We're not done yet, people. We still have the Devils. We have the look ahead to the week that's going to be. We have this date in hockey history. It's all really just starting here on the Hockey Show on this Saturday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's get a little extra money in your pocket. Andy from Eric presents Wager Plays for the weekend of April 2nd and April 3rd. On Saturday, April 2nd, the Devils host the Florida Panthers on a national stage at 1230. While both teams are highly skilled offensively, the very early start time of the game has the wager hour pointing to the under. On Sunday, those same New Jersey Devils host the Islanders. Despite the fact that the Isles are on the outside looking in on the postseason, they continue to play hard for Coach Barry Trotz and should have no problem handling the young and scrappy Devils. And finally, the Rangers host the Flyers on Sunday night at MSG. The red-hot Broadway blue shirts will score early and often against Philly. Andy from Merrick's Wager Plays are for entertainment only. As always, bet with your head, not with your heart. Gambling problem? Dial 877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. Back to the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All-American Auto Group. The number one Ford Auto Group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. So we have broken down all that there is to break down with the Rangers. We've done similarly with the Islanders. And I know the Devils fan is sitting there thinking to themselves, are you going to talk Devils? Are we going to talk Devils? You're not going to know what to do with yourself when we're done talking about this Devils team. So the Devils had three games this week, and it's so interesting when it comes down to the schedule, right? They play last Saturday, then they play again on Sunday, then they're off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and they have three days off, and they, oh my goodness, talking about you know whating the bed on Thursday, they did that in a big way. But let's let's go back in time and look one week ago from right now last Saturday when we were still in March a different month altogether right when baseball was still so far away but now it's all happening when Jacob DeGrom all right let's leave it at that so the Rangers I'm sure last Saturday were in fact rooting for the Devils why because the Devils went to Washington to take on the Capitals so the Rangers of course fighting in Pittsburgh as well uh, fighting for that, you know, second, third, fourth spot in the division. Uh, those three teams are fighting for those two spots, and and then the team that comes in fourth in the division will most likely get the wild card. So, Devils against Washington Rangers and Penguins. Big Devils fans that day, and it started out well for the Devils. Jack Hughes with his twenty second of the season, making it one nothing for the Devils. Now everyone's favorite Tom Wilson. This is wild, by the way. 
Tom Wilson, who you look at, if you ask the average hockey fan, Tom Wilson, what kind of player is he? Well, he's a goon. Is he a, is he a player? No, not really. He's just a, a dirty, chippy goon. Scored his 20th of the season at 247, tying the game at 1-1. Well, Devils scored again, taking a 2-1 lead. Damon Severson uh, scores to make it 2-1. At the end, uh, 7-17 again of the first period. So at the end of the first period, we go into the locker room, 2-1 Devils. So, all right, you know, things looking good there. Uh, third period, right? So that's in the second period. We head to the third period, and the Capitals just kind of burst through here. Uh, Connor McMichael ties the game at 2-2 at 2-08. Nicholas Backstrom uh, makes it 3-2 at 6-56. And then a name you may be familiar with, Alex Ovechkin. His 42nd of the season on the power play makes it 4-2 for the Capitals. Devils do score at uh, 19-28. Uh, Jesper Bratt with the goal making it 4-3. Little too little, little too late. And the Devils lose that one by the score of 4 to three. So that's the game in Washington. Competitive, but again, Rangers and Penguins need the, uh, specifically the Rangers, need the Devils to get the win there. They don't. Capitals pick up the big two points. Next night, um, Devils against the Canadians. Early on in the, well, not even early on, but late stages, I guess you could say, the first period, Jack Hughes again gets the Devils on the board, as he did on Saturday. Hughes with the goal is 23rd of the season, one nothing. Devils. We go to intermission. We come out of intermission 14 minutes into the second period. Guess who it is on the power play this time? That's right. It is Jack Hughes, his 24th of the season, 2-0 Devils. But by the end of the second period, it is now 2-1 and late stages third period with 42 seconds to go in the game. We're now deadlocked at two. Canadians light the lamp. So we go to overtime. Five minutes of three-on-three hockey, you see nothing. But then it got exciting. We go to the shootout. I'm not going to run through everything, but the Devils get the win via the shootout in the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh round. Devils get the victory and clean up those two points that they so badly wanted. And again, it hasn't been a great season. Nobody's going to argue otherwise, but the Devils do get the two points against a team that, quite frankly, they should be able to find a way um, to win. Then again, like we mentioned, off Monday, off Tuesday, off Wednesday. So you would think, in theory, this is somehow going to be a team that's, I don't know, maybe fresh and rested as we hit the ice for the game Thursday against Boston. That thought could not be further from the truth. Or maybe they were fresh and rested, but they you talk about laying an egg. This is a big, giant egg. 57 seconds of the first period, the Bruins score making it one nothing. All right, not the end of the world. And get, I'll give you one guess who scored to tie the game at one. The name we have read consistently as we've run through the Devils this past week. Jack Hughes again. So if you take nothing positive of what the Devils have done this entire season, Jack Hughes looks like he is going to be a big-time stud in this league. He scores for the 25th time. And all of a sudden, with 49 minutes to go in the game, we're tied at 1-1. Well, if you're a Devils fan... You should have turned it off there. 2-1 at 16.09. 3-1 at 2.22 with the second. 
4-1 Brad Marchand again at 6.33 the second. Patrice Bergeron on the power play, 5-1. Marchand, his 30th of the season, 6-1. Mark McLaughlin, 7-1. Taylor Hall, 8-1. Stop the bleeding, stop the game. At that point, it was over 8 one, they fall to the Bruins on Thursday night of this week. A brutal performance, a brutal game. Lindy Ruff must be beside himself. All right, Lindy, answer for us. Is this one you just you throw away and you forget about? No, you know, there's lessons we can learn, obviously. We're in a 2-1 game after the first period. And, you know, I wasn't feeling good about the first period because our puck play wasn't very good. We had turned it over a few times. We got away with a few of the turnovers. You know, we brought some pucks back in our zone. We had possession, brought them back in, you know, started the second period. And I think all those plays caught up with us. Uh, you know, it's one of those games, again, where we're going to have to talk about puck management. But nobody is on the outside of this one. We all had a part in this one. Didn't like the game of, you know, the group. The group didn't have a good night. It really was a brutal performance. 8-1 your final in Boston. Now, Lindy Ruff discussing his team and just, it's grotesque. Just too many mistakes in this one. Those are the example I was talking about. And we got away with a few of those in the first period. You know, we threw a couple in the middle of the ice right to them in the first period that didn't turn into goals in the second period. You know, they took advantage of that. I think you're looking at a team that, you know, this is a team that's ramping up for the playoffs. They had a real tough contest against Toronto the night before. They were down 6-1. And... You know, they want to make a statement. It's the same thing I talked to our team about after the game. They had, this game's over. It's what what is going to be the answer to this game? And there's a lot of small details in the game from our puck play to our D-zone positioning that cost us goals that we've been taking a lot of pride in staying away from. Tonight, we probably saw more outnumbered rushes in the second period than we've seen in three or four games. And it uh, cost us dearly. Cost them dearly. It cost them early. It cost them late. It cost them in the middle part of the game. It cost them the entire 60 minutes. More from Lindy Ruff. Um, expectations for how your team will or or won't respond in their next game. Yeah, we have so much hockey coming up. You can't spend a lot of time on this game, but you can always learn something from a game, and we need to learn from the game. We need to learn the, the small wall details that you know led to the first goal. The example of the third goal, the uh, start of the second period, bringing a puck, having possession, not getting it out, bringing it back. You know, looking for a better play when they're a team that uh, can create turnovers. They did. I got to give them a lot of credit. They played well. They they created turnovers. They put us in some tough positions physically on some goals. They dominated us. You know the one play where they eliminated our defenseman. So I'm going to give them a lot of credit. We had a part of it, but I'm going to give them credit for how hard they came out compared to the game they just previously played. And we have to use that example to light a fire to say, what's our answer? It's going to be a a tough thing for a coach to say, don't you think? Just just to utter the words, physically, they dominated us. So they did. And 8-1, we'll kind of say that every single time. Now, Devils fans, as upset you are as what we just discussed here on the Hockey Show, on 9870 SPN. It's time for a giveaway. We have a Devils signed puck to giveaway. Very easy to enter. Here's what you do. Text GOAL, G-O-A-L, to 44202. Again, that's GOAL to 44202. We'll select a winner at random and send them the puck. All from your home for the hookup. Your good friends right here on 98.7 ESPN. So, like a blanket, we have covered the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers. We now have the look ahead and this date in hockey history. All that coming up next right here on the Saturday morning on 98.7 ESPN. Today's Hockey Heart Spotlight shines on the Alzheimer's Association of Greater New Jersey. 
When the Devils face off against the Florida Panthers later this afternoon, a portion of the proceeds from each ticket sold will go to the Alzheimer's Association of Greater New Jersey, the longest day chapter. Devils fans, do your part. Drop the gloves and fight back on this terrible disease by coming out to the Prudential Center for the 1245 puck drop. Support your team and a very worthy cause. Hockey Heart Spotlight is brought to you by the law offices of Andrew M. Cohn. For two decades, providing high-end legal services for families who have a child with a disability. The power play is to call 516-877-0595 or go to the web at amcohenlaw.com. Back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All-American Auto Group. The number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And it is The Hockey Show. We've, we've covered all the locals. We've looked back at what we saw this past week as we hit April. This is the last month of the regular season, by the way. April 29th is your last day. I believe that's a Friday and then probably early on the next week, we'll find out the schedule for the postseason. And we certainly know the Rangers are going to be heavily involved. And, of course, we are the home of the Rangers right here on 98.7 ESPN. Also want to let you know that the hockey show brought to you by Slowman's, our good friends at Slowman's. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman shield. Keep your family safe. All you have to do to do that is call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Me. Now let's take a look at this day in hockey history. Go back way, 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 way back. Amazingly, we're talking about 95 years, April 2nd, 1927. I'm thinking there is no one listening to this show who remembers this day in hockey history. Lorne Shabbat of the New York Rangers becomes the first rookie goalie in NHL history to earn a shutout in his Stanley Cup playoffs debut. Neither Shabbat nor Boston's Hal Winkler allows a goal in a 0-0 tie in game one of the semifinals. That You have to imagine that was a thriller, right? Up and down the ice all game long, Shabbat. Hal Winkler, nobody can be beaten. Final score, 0-0. Game one of the semifinals. Oof, that must have been a thriller. All right, now let's take a look at the upcoming schedule presented by the All-American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast, allamericanford.com. Net. So what do we have for the Rangers, the Islanders, and the Devils? How about a little 3-3-4? Three, three, you say, what exactly are you talking about? Three for the Rangers, three for the Islanders, four for the Devils. All right. What do the Rangers have? Tomorrow, Sunday, 6.30 against the Flyers. You can hear that game on 10.50 a.m. Rangers look to continue their good brand of hockey. Off on Monday, Tuesday, and there's some retribution you'd have to figure in this one. Uh, Rangers on Tuesday, 630 
at New Jersey taking on the Devils, who last time they played, remember, Shesterkin got pulled. Rangers had a lead, completely fell apart, and the Devils scored seven goals. That's a Tuesday 6.30 game on 98.7 ESPN. Then off Wednesday and another monster game. The same day baseball starts, Rangers have a huge one. Monster game against the Penguins. That's at the Garden, 6.30, also right here on 98.7 ESPN. We look to the Islanders. What do they have? Tomorrow afternoon, the old Sunday matinee, 3.30 against the Devils. You can catch that game on 10.50 a.m. Wednesday, 8 o'clock on the road again for the Isles, taking on the Stars down in Dallas. That game, of course, can be heard on 10.50 a.m. as well. And then Friday, and boy, this is this is a brutal end to the road trip. Uh, Friday, 6.30 in Carolina against the Hurricanes. That game also can be heard on 10.50 a.m. So that's the Rangers and the Islanders. As far as the New Jersey Devils are concerned, uh, you don't have to wait much longer today because at 12.30, they take on the Florida Panthers, a game in Jersey, a game against one of the better teams in the entire National Hockey League. Like we mentioned, tomorrow, 3.30 against the Islanders. That's a game you can hear the Islanders broadcast of on 10.50 a.m. Then Tuesday, you can hear the Rangers broadcast right here on 98.7 ESPN as the Devils take on the New York Rangers. And then Thursday, the fourth game this week for the Devils, they host the Montreal Canadiens in New Jersey. That's a Thursday game. Drop of the puck takes place at 7 o'clock. So there you there you have it. We've kind of run through what the Devils have. And, you know, last day they left us was with a really bad taste in your mouth with an 8-1 loss to the Boston Bruins. Uh, Rangers continue to play their good hockey. And I think it's fair to say, I don't think anybody would argue with this. The Islanders are the Islanders are kind of hot and cold, right? Islanders play well in stretches and then poor in stretches. But the one thing you can say about the Islanders, they continue to play hard. Rangers are the, the shining star of New York hockey right now. They're going to hopefully play deep into the playoffs. They're the one team you can sit here and pretty much guarantee will be playing postseason hockey. So I think another terrific episode of the hockey show. I hope you enjoyed it. Certainly Joe Wiz on the way next. Then Anita Marks in for me this morning, starting at nine o'clock leading up to the Knicks broadcast at 1230. But before I say goodbye and have a great day, uh, there's a few people that I certainly want to thank. Nobody before Anthony Pusick. What a job. Uh, he's a producer. He's a confidant. He's a friend. He does it all. That's Anthony Pusick. Ray Dinahan as well helps out all over the place on the hockey show. And who can forget our executive producer, Andy from Merrick. So for all those guys, for me as well, have a great weekend. Baseball soon. Hockey continues to roll along. Final four is today. This is about as good as it gets. Have a great weekend. Joe Wiz next right here on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.